0: My name is Christopher Peter and welcome to the Christopher Peter Review, your source for common sense commentary centered on facts, evidence, and data. For the new viewers in the audience, the Christopher Peter Review markets original podcasts discussing salient current events, focusing on ones that impact our public policy, national economic outcomes, and overall society. In this podcast episode, The Midterms, I will lead a discussion on the upcoming midterm elections and the policies and politics that will shape the outcome. As you already know by now, we will not tell you who to vote for, but will discuss the policy platforms candidates run on and the politics in our society at the moment that will influence how people cast their ballots. So, it is important to understand the complete picture. So, without further delay, let us begin this special edition of the Christopher Peter Review. Traditionally, the midterm elections are a referendum on our president and the effectiveness of his policies for the first two years of their respective term. While the president is not formally on the ballot, Voters will decide whether there is a need for Congress to provide a check on the presidential agenda or if Congress should help further cement the agenda voters choose only two years prior. In recent political history, the only president to gain votes during their initial midterm election was President George W. Bush. We remember Clinton lost control of Congress in the mid-90s. Obama saw a historic red wave put a check on his legislative power. And Trump saw a blue ripple that was enough to secure the House for Dems. Generally, a president performing poorly will see their party lose support in Congress. Hard to recall a president who performed even close to the level of Joe Biden. Jimmy Carter is generally regarded as the most ineffective leader in the modern era. But two years into the Biden era, so much has gone wrong, for so long, and so fast. The prominent issues facing voters in November are the state of our economy, the effectiveness of our domestic policy from a federal government perspective, our foreign policy, and which leading political party will perform better at delivering the outcomes. Our economy is clearly struggling, where there is no denying that we are in a recession. To this point, employment still remains strong, but that is largely a result of employers not rolling back positions that they struggled to fill not that long ago. Our stock market is reducing the wealth of individual households and citizens as well as the funds available for pensions, retirement accounts, and other types of equity funds that organizations and governments rely on for operations. Additionally, Inflation is further restricting household incomes, providing an unfortunate double blow to many hard-working Americans. Supply chain issues continue to exist and America is still largely reliant for foreign labor markets that are growing more anti-American each year. Our energy markets are at risk, where we once were energy independent. Now, we are exposed to the strife and turmoil of global conflicts that domestic production was supposed to isolate us from. Domestic production meant America would not have to engage directly or financially in global conflicts with energy producers. If our economic challenges were not enough, Americans are seeing our society become less safe and less able to address the rising crime in many of our communities. Our major cities are seeing higher crime across the board. And elected officials struggle to balance the need to restore order while remaining loyal to pledges to fringe groups. Immigration crimes are proving unsustainable as many proponents of sanctuary cities are now raising the white flag, As migrants are entering communities and draining resources meant for tax paying citizens, voters will need to decide how much of our current situation is a direct result of Biden's policies, a result of unanticipated reactions by the general public, or just a natural occurrence of the trajectory of societal systems. Despite the natural bravado that our politics brings out, there are natural limits to the power of the president, in addition to the procedural one. Governments in general are not the best at forecasting how people will respond to the policies they enact. In a free society like the United States of America, we the people have the ability to alter the impact of policies through acceptance, resistance, or ingenuity. But, if a negative outcome comes following a direct enactment of a particular law, executive order, or government regulation, then the outcome is a result of the administration and legislative supporters platform. There are lags in our economy and society. Implementation lags are one between the passage of policy and when they actually take effect and impact lags which are periods between when the policy went into effect and when it circulated through the economy or society to have a real effect. Additionally, voters will need to determine how external factors impacted outcomes, which are also unanticipated to a degree. But, the question will remain whether America needs to implement a major check on the Biden agenda or are Americans satisfied with proceeding with the status quo?
1: my name is jennifer smith and welcome to the christopher peter review the question for americans is really quite simple should we continue down the path of the build back better agenda or do americans prefer a gridlock government that will at the very least place a major roadblock on the biden administration i do not think we can point out enough that america should not be in the dire situation we currently find ourselves in while there are a great number of factors outside of the direct control of the biden team We cannot turn a blind eye to the reality that Biden inherited a very hopeful situation where society was poised for a robust economic rebound, but his own executive orders and signature legislation laid the foundation for the challenging situation we currently experience. Naturally, an economy recovering from a major event like a pandemic, depression, or a tragic event will experience some level of inflation or economic instability. The reason why so many people tie our current experience to Biden is because his team spent lavishly at a time when caution was a better choice. There was a need to do some level of stimulus. But, the manner his team and congressional supporters chose is the driving force for where we are at and why inflation will remain for quite some time. Sure global events added fuel to the fire, but Biden's policies lit the match and fueled it for a year before world peace started breaking apart. Our resurging border crisis is a direct reaction to the executive orders that essentially left the door wide open on our southern border. While Democrats want to complain about Republicans bringing the issue to the forefront by busing illegals to sanctuary cities, the problem was caused by poor federal policies from a federal government that was already busing illegals in the darkness of night. The first question is whether we need a change of direction. I think the answer is clearly yes. Keep in mind that even with a red tsunami, Biden will still be the president. But there still is a clear need for change. The number of Americans responding that we are headed in the wrong direction is an undeniable affirmation of the need. Now, we must ask ourselves who is best suited to initiate the policies that will improve our outcomes. Republicans offer a platform of change focused on restoring our economy, national security, freedoms and safety. Traditional Republican talking points, which happen to align with what Americans state as their greatest concerns. Democrats seem to understand there is no real easy way of talking away the problems that many Americans feel they created. So they are focusing on our democracy and fighting extremism. A platform that seems to contradict their actions for the last decade. The platform is more focused on the presidential election than the midterms. They believe there are a large enough number of Americans that do not want to see Donald Trump run again. So, they obsess about making this election an appetizer for a possible showdown in two years. They are also taking the defenders against extremism, feeling there are enough Americans who want completely unrestricted abortions in America. Given the fact that more people are turning away from abortion, as the barbaric practice is in perpetual decline for quite some time, I am not sure they will reach enough people. I think the majority of people feel the traditional compromise is a suitable compromise, stopping short of a complete ban— which is a step too far. But promoting the vacuuming out of a living fetus or embryo for solely the purpose of birth control is a step too far as well. Can Americans trust a party who has been accused of financially interfering with primary contests this year be trusted to restore our democracy? Can Americans trust a party that runs on principles then governs like Democrat-like? light? is the question.
0: Thank you Jennifer. Let's bring in Brad to our discussion. Typically, the party that best aligns with the voters will prevail. In a situation where the economy is struggling, one would expect Republicans will do better. In situations where people feel injustice is front and center, Democrats will do better. Also the party that controls the White House usually does not perform well in midterms because they are put on defense. In this November, which of our two leading political parties is better aligned to prevail?
1: As I just alluded to, I think Republicans are more aligned with the stated needs of the people than Democrats, who do not really seem to want to offer a substantive counter. The economy is doing bad and you cannot expect people to deny what they see, what they experience, and what is all around them. They see their retirement accounts lose value. They see their grocery bills, rent, gas, and heat cost more. They see the Biden team tell them what amounts to flat-out lies. I think Americans do not feel like we are heading in the right direction and the blame is directly on the shoulders of Democrats who continue to say we are doing well.
0: I agree that Republicans are better positioned and more closely aligned on the issues that matter to voters. Democrats focused on creating a contrasting offering centered on the perceived fragility of our democracy and the anger from the left surrounding recent Supreme Court decisions. We end up with the classic facts versus narrative battle because the facts are not very supportive for continuing with the status quo. When you do not have the facts on your side, you need to create an alternative argument. That is what is happening and I do not think the issues Democrats are focusing on are really top of mind and the public is not really convinced either that the narratives are accurate. I think this is an election where the political pendulum swung in the favor of Republicans for the reasons you both just stated. But, I do not think we can completely underestimate the number of voters who are not issue voters but more political cheerleaders. Once called the low information voter. Many people claim they vote with their wallets, vote for their interests, vote for their needs. But, Many people are reliable voters for their preferred political party regardless. They cherry-pick their reasoning for irrationally supporting politicians who harm them. Both parties have this element. But Democrats tend to do so more than Republicans to some degree. Especially with voters who do not pay their own bills. The economy is obviously the biggest issue on the ballot. It is the most pressing issue America faces right now. Our whole society revolves around the economy. Who has the better economic vision and which of the two can better be trusted to deliver the outcomes Americans want?
1: I think Americans want an economy that creates jobs, generates wealth and wage growth, affords entrepreneurs opportunity, and allows people to attain assets needed to advance to different stages of normal life including retirement. I think we all want a sustainable society, but we are not putting a non-debated agenda ahead of traditional economic wishes. I think most Americans want a growth over the green agenda as stated by the left. For instance, radical states like California prepare to ban gasoline-powered cars, but gasoline and coal are used to generate electricity, which will power those electric cars. Why should we create economic bottlenecks and higher costs just to appease the fringe who refuse to debate the issue? Instead they use bullying and storytelling to force acceptance.
0: I recently saw that Democrats are seeking to foster fear about what the American economy will look like if a red wave actually occurred. We must question whether they are fully aware that our economy is not well. Our economic outcomes are not optimal. The trajectory of the current situation is not towards hope but recessionary conditions. The situation speaks for itself. There is no argument that can articulate a real reason to double down on failure. I think we have to question whether they think our current state of society is an example of success by any measure. Their words seem disconnected with the reality people are facing. Not the first time Democrats are disconnected with the public. America needs four things jobs, wage growth, managed inflation, and wealth creation. The current economic agenda does not seem to be effective at producing any of that. Right now, we seem intent on creating more systemic challenges that will create greater economic disparity. Under the Democratic vision, I do not think they are willing to really delve into why there are varying outcomes. They focus on racial differences and think reverse racism will make everything better. I think most Americans feel that we need an economy that focuses on giving everybody equal opportunity and not once based on a government prescription of favored race. That is what caused the disparities in the first place. And there are other factors that play a major role in outcomes. Why should one group be held back in favor of another is what many think. I think Republicans have shown they have a better economic agenda than their counterparts. I think many people will look at how the Biden economic team completely squandered away the economic rebound that turned into an unnecessary recession. I think the pro-growth message is resonating in the midst of the strife. We saw what a pro-growth agenda can do for America, where all people advanced forward. That was achieved under a Republican president. Now we have to see whether they have the competency and willingness to actually follow through and show that a Republican Congress can do the same. Now, the economy may be the most important aspect of any society but the institutions that keep communities safe, keep nations at peace, and protect our borders are also important. Are we able to find a balanced approach to restore law and order, while protecting the presumption of innocence?
1: I think people want law and order in America, but they want the justice system to work as intended. The guilty being removed from society and innocent freed. Also, I think people do not oppose holding people tasked with enforcing the law accountable for crimes they commit with the recognition that situations are not as straightforward as many try to make them seem. Since the whole defunding of the police notion came to fruition, elected officials allowed their communities to become susceptible to the criminal element. We want law enforcement to keep our communities safe and as free of crime as possible. But, they have to behave in accordance with the same laws that they enforce. We have seen many
0: extreme positions by progressive candidates focused on putting criminals back on the streets. We saw a Senate candidate call for releasing one-third of the prison population in their state. Radical ideas like these ones are not likely to make communities safe but lead to higher crime because many of these individuals will return back to the same situations that led them to jail and will have an even harder time finding legitimate means of living without crime. Like every other issue, progressive candidates do not defend their extremism. Rather they deny what we all heard them say or they deny that the rational Americans are correct in their evaluation. Another area of disconnect. They want to say that they did something, but they could care us whether it was effective or the right approach. If we believe in accountability and truth, we need to consider outcomes, track records, and projections. We need to determine instances where people are not incarcerated for non-violent crimes. But, just doing so on a whim is not really smart. Recidivism is a real thing. I agree. I think we do not have to eliminate policing or send in social workers to do the jobs of police officers. Simply hold police officers accountable if their actions are deemed excessive when considering all the situational factors. Also, we must acknowledge that the actions of suspected criminals can contribute to their fatal outcomes. We need law enforcement to keep our communities safe. And we need them to respect the rights of the accused while bringing them to justice. We need border security to keep society safe, which is what we discussed in our last episode. Back to the broader topic, we cannot feel more empathy for the criminal than the victims. The victims of crime and those bearing the cost of crime are of greater concern than the criminal. While Democrats have been the compassionate party in the past, they have crossed the line to a point where one has to question whether they care about public safety at all. Their policies say no.
1: We also have to question whether progressives understand who the victims of crime really are. I get that people who are not hugged enough as children grow up angry and take it out on others. I get that people high on drugs can struggle to control their actions. But that does not excuse them for responsibility for their actions. Not sure drug use is the issue to champion for a major political party. Not sure Americans want more drug addicts running around their communities. Americans do not want to see prisoners released into the general public because of a political whim rather than an assessment on their risk to society.
0: We cannot trust the words of elected officials but the issues and outcomes that we see. The goal of law enforcement is to bring justice for the real victims of crime, enact punishments that discourage future behaviors, and protect the interests of society. We can sympathize with the reasons why people may be more susceptible to criminal behaviors, but have little tolerance for those who commit these behaviors. In a recent sports show, I heard a host call for grace towards an athlete who clearly assaulted a cameraman just doing their job. The grace should be for the cameraman who was not built like a professional athlete who became the outlet for another's frustration that he played absolutely no role in. Thank you, team. Voters have an important decision ahead of them. Elections have consequences, and the people we put in power can lead to catastrophic outcomes. As we have seen in the last two years, there is no perfect political candidate, no perfect political party. Just ones that tend to align closer to our respective needs and wants. But, we must ensure that we protect our strongly held principles, shared objectives, and above all else, our freedom and way of life. Regardless of who you choose to vote for, please exercise your right to vote. Every vote counts and makes a difference. Vote legally and afford others the right to cast their ballots without intimidation, harassment, and judgment. As we close this episode, I thank Jennifer and Brad for your contributions and I thank you the audience for taking the time to experience this episode of the Christopher Peter Review Podcast. We truly appreciate your viewership and continue to collaborate to ensure we offer common sense and informative content. The Christopher Peter Review features not only this podcast, but feature commentary from Christopher Peter and news coverage via yours truly. Please continue to visit the Christopher Peter Review channel at www.crcrvw.com daily for new podcast episodes, commentary, news coverage, and curated news content as well. Please experience our new dynamic blog, which incorporates select podcast content and its theme. That is available at www.thennn2k5.com, our original site. Our focus is always providing objective common-sense analytical content centered on facts, evidence, and data. We leave the partisanship and political hysteria to other sources. Thank you once again for experiencing this podcast episode and we will see you next time.